The Healing the City podcast is a ministry of the Village Church in Tucson, Arizona. If you enjoy the Healing the City podcast and wish to support it financially, you can go to villagersonline.com, click the We Give tab, and follow the instructions. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Healing the City Podcast with Eric Seepin and Sue Seepin. The Seepins. The Seepins. You're getting a lot of the Seepins during quarantine. But today we're going to talk about uh, just the way the enemy engages us in context to our uh, decisions and how we kind of deal with life and, and the conversation that might be happening between us and the enemy and us and Jesus. So part of what we're talking about uh, comes from a model that we developed many, many years ago um, called the Table of Decision, or it's nicknamed the Hot Seat Model. And just to make it really uh, short, what it deals with is this idea that when you experience something like an argument or some adverse thing in your life, um, an event, that you have an emotional reaction um, and in that emotional reaction, like that negative emotion, um, we argue that at that moment, the enemy, and in First Peter 5, 8, it says that Satan roams to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. And this idea that when you have that negative emotion, that anger, the, the anxiety, the fear, that that's a point that the enemy begins to attack you, begins to dialogue with you, begins to... Uh, interact with with the things that you believe about life and begins to accuse you and so we believe that you end up developing out of emotion certain emotions a set of false beliefs that return to these emotions they're almost like they're attached to the emotion themselves and so you have these well-developed false beliefs about yourself that are linked to those emotions about other people and sometimes a lot of times with whoever you are interacting with and then the one that's hard and elusive for people, but I think is really uh, essential, is that you have a set of false beliefs connected to your negative emotions about who God is, where God is, what he's doing in things. And so out of that, and we've talked a lot about this already, out of that, um, it's as if you could freeze time, you have a choice to make as to what you're going to do. Because you, you feel the emotion, you hear and fast motion all of those false beliefs um, about you others and god you kind of have a sense of those either subconsciously or consciously and then the enemy begins to dialogue with you um and i know this is maybe uncomfortable for people to to really uh connect to i, I would argue that satan himself is not sitting there arguing with you but darkness and evil and the forces under the command of the enemy are accusing and attacking you because you are a person of the light and they come against you if you're not because if they just have a, a much stronger hold on you. So it's as if time stops and you're at this table and that's why we call it the table of decision. And on one side, the enemy begins to say, to talk to you and, um, Sue, I don't know if you could kind of begin to break that down and you and I can do that together as to 
how that works and what what kinds of things happen there. Yeah, uh, in relation to what you were just saying, also there's the a variety of constructs that are at work in this moment uh, that push us towards doing the same thing we always do, the well-worn paths of our sin patterns, and including the world and the flesh. Yes. So uh, I, there's kind of a whole set of things at play uh, that God is inviting us out of as he transforms us and does make something new of us, in us. So um, the first thing that we often see physically in these moments is what action we might take. So a lot of times our first response to a false belief situation, a negative emotion, is to find relief as soon as possible. And so relief is what we use, the word that we use to refer to what is it you did after that, if you or what are you being tempted to do right now to find relief from this experience that you're in? Right. So and and relief can a lot of time. I mean, it is a, so broad. And the more you dig into how you find relief, and when we're talking about relief, we're like alleviating the feelings of fear, anxiety, anger that are welling up inside of you. Um, and so they can be from, you know, going to the refrigerator mm-hmm. to, uh, to alcohol, to drugs, to your own contempt for someone else, like taking power and using that anger to reduce someone. Like there's lots, mm-hmm. lots of different ways to use that. Yeah, I would say even some are not visible. Yes. Like ruminating over something or practicing a conversation in your head or, um, any number of things that other people wouldn't see yes. or recognize. Now this relief has to be offered as often offered to you and you don't realize it's offered to you. And a lot of times it well it's offered to you because the enemy has begun to affirm the things that you have believed falsely. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, like that's like the relief isn't just the I need to get out of this experience because I, I I'm feeling this and I, I feel all this sh- you know shame about myself and, I, and and you believe a whole series of things about the people who a person you might be experiencing the conversation with or whatever the adverse event um, but the enemy is is really strong in reminding you of all the other times that this has happened all the other times you've failed all the other times that this person has not considered you, all the other times you feel like God has abandoned you, and you begin to part of you begin to hear like you almost have like the the, the radio signals just overloaded in those those accusations and reminders. And we refer to that as the affirmations of false beliefs. Yeah, and and so part of you know sorting all this out is beginning to slow things down and to really think about those things. Mm-hmm. And and um, so, you know, here, here we can do this, we can do this really fast uh, by giving people a live example. So, and we can also uh, make a plug for Pastors Eat. Uh, all in one thing. So we put, our, our church, our two pastors, puts out this little food review. And one of our food reviews went up today 
And there's a moment in the food review where Mark, my co-pastor, says um, something about this wall that's behind us where it's a memorial to the owner of the Mm -hmm. pizza company. And he pauses just in the right moment. And I say to the cameraman, shoot the camera up. In his pause and my moment, it sounds like I say a swear word. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that's there. We also rate people's pizza. I gave the rating of an 80, but then when it shows up on the TV or when it shows up in the video, it says 82. Okay, so you have, you have that as a setting. Someone in our church posted, hey... Like that, uh, and then they put like all little exclamation marks as if I'd said a swear word, which I didn't know that I'd said the swear word Mm -hmm. Um, because I didn't. But it sounds like it it really sounds like it on the video. Mm -hmm. So I thought he was talking about the fact that I messed up the number. And so immediately I thought, wow, I put this thing out in public and now people are, are making fun of me. And I made a stupid mistake. And I felt this, like, just this draining in my, like, immediately, like, you know how you can feel, like, just all the blood seems to leave your head. And you're, and mm-hmm. I just had that moment. And what I quick, I mean, I literally began, like, the first thing I said was, Eric, you're so stupid. Why did you do that? Like, that mm-hmm. was my immediate phrase. You can see, so when you say, well, Okay, so what's my false belief about myself? Well, I'm so stupid. Like you hear that? Why well, was what's connected to that feeling? Why well, I felt caught, embarrassed, mm-hmm. and and usually I feel stupid when I'm caught or embarrassed. And so I believe that I'm stupid. Like that's the belief. And then, like this belief that anytime anyone sees that, they're going to point it out to you. Yeah. Right. And. So, you know, and we could talk about what I believe about God, but what's interesting is to go back to the affirmation of false beliefs. Immediately, I just, there was just a quick, I, I even remembered a quick, like, oh, and yeah, that and that. Like, oh, like a quick memory of a few of the times where mm-hmm. I've done something stupid. So you're forming a whole constellation now. Yeah. Of event, connected events. Right. And, and you would say, well, that's happening in your mind. Yes. But the enemy accuses the brethren. Mm-hmm. The, he's intertwining. This, this conflict is, you know, the arrows of the enemy are ridden by, or the arrows of our emotions are ridden by the enemy. Right? They, they're, they're looking to, to create dark spaces in our soul and take hold. Um, and so there it is. There's the affirmation. You know, and and I was able to be like, whatever, this is not that big of a deal and work it through. And this I'm offering myself. But you can see how that. Yeah, the tension in it. The tension. And also the relief was brief, but it was still it was self-contempt. Yeah. And something that example also brings up is going back to the time we talked about emotion that there's a physiological response. I had a physiological connected very good, to the emotion. Yes, like, boom! You, I mean, it's all it's so textbook. I had a physiological response. I felt vulnerable. I immediately started saying I was stupid. Other people always will see that and point it out. Um, people are committed to pointing out your stupidity. Like that's my mm-hmm. like you know, 
And, you know, I know enough of how this works to know that God is with me and I can kind of understand the other side of the table and work into that. But, you know, the false belief about God that lingers in that experience is I'm all alone. Like Mm -hmm. God's not here. Mm -hmm. He's out there on the outside and he'll, you know, he might take care of it. But right now in this moment, I'm by myself. Yeah. I got to figure this out. And it's so dangerous to stay there. So, and even the relief is, and, and we, is how do I fix this? I need to go online and explain what happened. Right. Which is temporary relief because it leaves you in a pattern of belief that God is, is absent. And you're not even, pra- you don't even practice in that space. Uh, what, what is, what do I do if God is present? Right. Even though I don't feel like he's present right now, which we can talk about in a future yeah we'll talk about a future podcast podcast but um the other the other piece that i want to address in this space in the uh in the model is what we call the justification of relief and so there's there's always a reason once we make a choice to do something that we are doing for wrong reasons, for the wrong motives, to justify that choice and to say it was okay to do that because blank or I obviously had to do that because blank. And so I wonder what your justification would be for oh. pouring contempt on yourself. Well, and, and that's interesting. And now I would have to process a little bit more. So let me let me think that through mm-hmm. while I give you the other justification because my quick relief was just fix it. Yeah, right. Right, and the justification is everybody needs to know. I can't can't have this sitting out there. And here I thought you know he was talking about the eighty two and the eighty. Right, you can't have the two percent misprint. Yeah, I can't have that. Or but then you know then when I found out it was the so I kind of had a double experience because when I found out it was like a misunderstanding of the, maybe I said a swear word online mm-hmm. then. Uh, I was like, oh, well, we definitely need, like, people need to know. Like, they can't, this can't just be out there. Right. So there was, the, that's an easy justification. I think the self-contempt justification is a little harder, but because I deserve it. Like, I do this. I remember, you know, before we put up the thing, we did a preview of the video, mm-hmm. and Mark and I saw the 82, mm-hmm. and it was going to take me some work to fix it, and I thought, it's kind of humorous. I said 80, it's 82. We're just calling attention to Tino's mm-hmm. pizza, which we were. And we're just doing something for the community. It's not It's not about... The details. The details. Yeah. It's okay. In fact, it's kind of humorous. The pastor said 80 and then it says 82. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, the pastor was auto-corrected. Uh, right. Just, <laughs> you know, it's funny. But, uh, yeah, so I think that the, the self-contempt is just like you always do this. You never... Never go, you know, you, you deserve it. Like, that's just a justification. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you will. Right. And what we discover when we get to the other side of the table is that our justifications really fall short of reality. Yes. Because they don't stand in light of the gospel at all. No. And the gospel says the opposite of you. Right. Says you were rescued from great contempt, right? By the death of Jesus, which was precious and at great cost, right? But we'll get to that, right? But in a future, because we don't want to leave people without the gospel, <laughs> even if we have to wait for 
the gospel. So, you know, you might be listening to this podcast going, I have no idea what they're talking about, this hot seat model, this table decision. But I think there's some good things in this. And I think you could go listen to the other podcasts and try to construct it. Or you can listen to many of the different sermons that we've done on the hot seat model. Mm-hmm. Or you can come join the village and get into a into a pudding group and experience the hot seat, mm-hmm. hopefully. Though we've done less of it over COVID as we've just tried to read scripture over each other and pray. And Yeah, and it's it's hard to jump into hot seat. And Zoom. In Zoom. Yeah, it, it's not always easy. And we're sitting outside with a bunch with masks on and... Yeah, freezing. Cold. <laughs> yeah, that's just a lot to to do. So, but I think also um, the idea of justification—that was only one example of what might come up. Mm, yeah, that's and true. I think that there are probably some more clear examples, like uh, if I decide to yell at somebody in my family, uh, there will be a justification for that for why they deserve that or Mm. why it's actually necessary for me to do, Mm -hmm. uh, to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, sometimes justification comes with the statement of I need, like, you know, you, you have these experiences and your relief is maybe overeating or eating more time or eating extra ice cream. It's just, I need this. That is the justification. Right. Like, these justifications don't need a lot of examination. They just need to be present, and they always are. Yeah. And it's helpful to shine a light on them and say, huh, I wonder if that was true. Yeah. Because they're part of the the lie system. Yeah. So I think the other piece in this, uh, you know, the side of the table where we're listening to the enemy um, that I just want to mention is that the ideas themselves the words themselves aren't actually negative words. Like sometimes there's relief that happens that is godly mm-hmm. where, you know, you think something horrible is going to happen and God saves you out of it. Or, you know, somebody comes along and does something kind and relief isn't always a sin pattern or the result of a sin pattern. Um, there are positive affirmations. There are There is a theological justification and so I just want to acknowledge that the words on this side of the table are not bad words. Right. They're, these are things that uh, are basically being um, overhauled by the enemy and used right. for evil right. or for harm in our lives sure. um, that it, where it becomes a sinful relief, uh, a justification of sinful relief or an affirmation of false beliefs. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's good to, to really lay that out. And I think, you know, in particular with the word relief, affirmation is just, uh, is you know, what is it? Uh, you're the language person. To affirm a false belief is, a, is an adjective or an adverb. Affirmation is a noun. Is a noun? Really? No. Yeah, it is. Well, anyway, I'm not a very good person that way. <laughs> but here, here's what I mean: is that relief in itself is, you know, Jesus addresses relief directly, and mm-hmm. in, in you know, in Jeremiah two thirteen, where he says, you know, my people have they've they've um, they've committed two sins: one is they've forsaken him, the living water, and two they've gone after broken cisterns and, and dug themselves broken cisterns that don't give any kind of water. 
Um, and, and I think that's what we're talking about is that right. when the relief, Jesus says, I am the relief. And we say, eh, an ice cream cone is relief, right? Right. That's, right. And so what makes these words and phrases negative is actually what is motivating them. Yeah. So, Well, that's really good. I, I enjoy this conversation, Sue. I always love talking about this. Once mm-hmm. you and I dive in, we could go forever in discussing these things because they just are so powerful in the way that we approach and deal with life. So I hope people got something good out of this. And uh, thanks for being with me. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, everybody. You've been listening to Healing the City podcast with Susan Seepin and Eric Seepin. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.